Good evening, oh, and welcome to Lawfully Chaotic, Season 2, Episode 19. Paradox uh, as, is first tonight. What's that? Paradox is first tonight. He beat three miles in the chat. No, Twisted. Did Matt won. Twisted was oh. in. Oh, he was oh, in. Oh, like, Twisted. Yeah, Twisted was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twisted. Matt, you in. Uh, you, I'm actually going to have to start giving something away to the first right? person in the chat. Yeah, just like give a, a, like just stickers give or the, something uh, like that. Like, give out the loser tag. <laughs> no, I like send free stickers. Um, so, Matt, I'll bring you some stickers this weekend uh, when I see you. Um, with me, as always, is my handsome and knowledgeable and talented co-host, Jason of TTRPG Academy. And joining us once again is the exceptionally talented Dragon Painter 468, Andy Warnkin. Um, We are going to talk about... Uh, miniatures tonight, uh, the mini industry, um, and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, where it's going, uh, what's the industry looking like? Yeah, are they dealing with the influx of 3D printing and the now ever popular VTT remote uh, relationship between some of the more traditional make your own minis commercially are now doing uh, digital minis that you could use in such things as Tailspire and other things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just buttering them up so I could so I could break them down later on and you know. I like butter. I like butter. <laughs> Butter's good. Um, Andy, thanks for joining us again, man. It's good, yeah, to, of course. Uh, good to see you. Happy to have you uh here again. Thanks for having um, me. Absolutely, absolutely. You are you are friend of the show. Anytime you want to hop on, let us know. Awesome. Um before we start, um, announcements. Um, let's see. Ah, I have an announcement. Uh-oh. Um, I comes. put... Oh, I gotta, here, gotta, here, here comes the poor production work. Here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, volume comes Yeah, I saw it on your Instagram, bro. Yes. You finally got you, your magic item publication. You have out. inspired awesome. me with your furious rate of content um, <sighs> output. Uh, volumes one, two, and three of my Tome of Arcanum magic items. Yeah, uh, you guys have seen them on my Instagram feed. I remember, seeing, I remember um, seeing you making them too. I yeah. love the artwork. So, so now cool. I've got each volume has five each, uh, and they are high res PDFs printable into little like card like format. So, um, check those out in the store, um, along with Jason's um, awesome content. Um, there are now one, two, three, four, five uh, occult adventures, and there are five volumes of Fantasy Towns. We've also got some character uh, prompt worksheets from uh, Brian Gomez, the bearded nerd, um, who's also working on some more stuff. But uh, all kinds of fun stuff in the store, so uh, head over there, check it out, and um, buy some stuff. And once again, um, we revisit the poor production work. Yes, um, <laughs> we will. I promise by season F in our. I promise you by our tenth year, we will hire a producer. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that is my promise to you. Um, Jason, so uh, what do you? What do you? <laughs> so optimistic. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Uh, Jason, what uh, what do you got um, for announcements? I, I met with my another forty seven tables up and running. 
Uh, no, I did just publish a new table called A Thief's Journey, uh, which takes place along the Sword Coast, where you get to visit um, all the... Um, <laughs> where, you, where you get to visit uh, Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter. Um, uh, I also uh, kicked off the Candela Obscura table um, today as well, my cool. three to six o'clock event. Absolutely lovely new uh, new players, really freaking cool. Um, and I'm loving the system, man. I am really loving it. And uh, I've now played it five times within the last, you know, month. And it's been wonderful to practice it. My new Make It Your Own series that I'm creating um, is called The City Guide, where I'm creating a 20-page uh, singular cities with lots of really fun NPCs and landmarks. And you basically just the guide, you could plunk it down in any of your campaigns and you have a fully outfitted city content ready to go uh, when you, whenever you need it. So my first version of that will hopefully be done by Sunday. So I can get you the first draft uh, awesome. you by Monday. Um, and just, I having a blast doing publications right now. It's kind of fun. Excellent. Cool. I can't wait to get that up uh, in the store. Um, Andy, we're not going to ask you for announcements because it's going to be part of our entire conversation tonight. So <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, unless you have anything pressing you want to announce, I won't, I won't keep you from it. No, I got my Gen Con stuff today in the mail. So nice. Good luck. Awesome. It's, it's coming. Cool. Yeah. That's going um, to be interesting. Are you going as a particular, are you just going as a, a badge visitor or are you got yeah. any? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Badge visitor. And then I, we signed up for. A bunch of events so got, what were like, some of the events that they were uh, oh there's there's so many yeah. um I don't even oh, know. It's, when it's, is gen con um, august august 3rd through 3rd. the 6th yeah okay. now i'm very intrigued i hope you get a chance to go see it but they're supposed to be demoing the new dagger heart at IndyCon. yes Ooh. so that should be hopefully you'll be able to see it i'm very eager to see what you think of it I haven't seen anything other than what you know, state of the state of the role that they did like two months ago, yeah. talking about how they're going to release it. But there's no quick start guide or anything on Daggerheart yet, so I'm very interested to see what you think. Yeah, I don't know if it's been fully released or not yet. So oh, not at all. There's nothing. No. Yeah, so this will be their think. first. This will be their first demo. I right. do think the Candela source. I'm not. I'm not telling anything that I shouldn't be because um, we all know it's coming out. I do think. Yeah. I'm not positive, um, but I think uh, the Candela source book should be coming out relatively, relatively soon. Um, I think they're wrapping up the art on that because I closed out uh, what I was doing. Awesome uh, on that. So nice. yeah, hopefully we see that soon, and then that might give us just a taste of uh, Daggerheart. Maybe mm -hmm. yeah. don't know. I know that they have a booth, and I plan on going yeah. to it. But yeah. I'm also assuming that there's going to be, you know, a million four-hour line, <laughs> yeah, in line for the. That's booth, so. that when I've met so Matt Mercer the first time, I stood in line for four and a half hours, which is yeah. not something that I do. It's not something I have never done that before. Yeah, but I really wanted to meet him and. It was interesting because the way they broke the lines up, it was like three lines because it was so long. They had to break it up into like three rows. And I happened to be at the very front of the third row. So I was literally like seven feet away from him for four hours watching him interact with every single fan. And the reason that it was taking so long is because 
he did not rush anybody. He spent like five minutes speaking to basically every fucking person that walked up there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he is just, I mean, he's just amazing. Um, very empathetic person. You can kind of get that vibe. Empathetic, very humble, very yeah. thankful. Very, He's just the sweetest guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do it. Ryan's like that, man. He's a creeper. Tomato, tomato, you know, creeper, whatever. man. Yeah. Straight up. Um, There's okay, no restraining so. order. It's not stalking yet. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I've got Matt Mercer's autograph on a restraining order. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually have it on a on a dice tray somewhere, and in one of my players' handbooks. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, that's where you store the restraining order. Copy? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, it keeps okay. it, it flat. Sense. It keep it in the pages, yeah. and it keeps. That makes sense. Yeah. On the topic of tonight, um, tell us about your miniature journey since we last talked. Where are you at in your headspace, and have you been working on any interesting projects before we tackle our opinions on the condition of the miniature industry as it goes? <laughs> Um, I've, I've finished two whole minis since the last time we spoke. Wow, wow. that says a lot. Yeah, yeah, mostly just due to you know work and still a little bit of burnout dealing with it. But um, yeah, I'm feeling better about it. And when Are I you... actually sit down, I, I get in the zone, and it's it's nice to have those days again. Are you burned out? Um just painting in general which i know happens sometimes you just got to take a break or you burn out um from doing commissions for people which i know you've said you you run hot and cold on um i think it's more burnout of trying to paint something that i feel is worthy of posting on instagram okay so and so you're chasing trying... that uh chasing that social media brownstone yeah trying to chase that dragon yeah so to speak yep that's hard that's gotta that's gotta fuck you up a bit when it comes to trying to crawl back into your old headspace of why you used to love doing it. What are you doing to try to get back there? Uh, I'm not posting on Instagram as much. Um, gotcha. I posted one of the models that I did, which was Thanos, actually mm -hmm. from the Marvel Crisis Protocol. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just one of those that I was like, I don't, I want to paint this model, and it turned out good enough that I was like, yeah, cool, I'll take pictures and mm -hmm. post it and make a real and make a TikTok and see what happens and just did it kind of for fun and then i bought the the rest of the black order and so i'm gonna assemble those guys and make a cool little diorama of thanos and the black order so when you say uh, so if you don't feel something is like if you finish something and like what to you determines if it's good enough to post on instagram is it actually your the quality of your work is it the mini itself yeah, it's, it's mostly just the quality of what i uh feel that i painted so and you know sometimes i, I look back at some of my older stuff mm -hmm. where it was more of painting for fun but also you know having something that looked really cool mm -hmm. um, and getting that posted and then you know seeing that it did really well and seeing something that I felt like should have done really well that didn't mm -hmm. um, that just kind of, you know, it's the ups and downs. Right. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that is, I mean, I've been there any creative, you know, we're, we are our own worst critics, no matter what. Um, and I've been there too with, with 
even with the minis where I'll be like, I mean, I've pretty much posted everything that I've painted. Um, well, that's not true. Not everything. There are some things where I look at it. I'm like, eh, it's not going to photograph. Well, it's hard enough photographing the stuff that turns out good. Right. <laughs> um, which uh, that's actually another interesting conversation that uh, next time you're on, I want to talk about photographing miniature work. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of your, times, a lot of your, times they call it micro taking or something like mac, that. Mac, macro, macro photography. Yeah. Yeah. Macro. The problem is like, you know, shit looks really good like this. And then when you take a picture of it to see all the detail, it looks like a fucking kindergartner did it with a crayon. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but let's, uh, let's save that for, that's a whole nother conversation. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know when the last time is that I picked up a paintbrush to be really honest. It's been, it's been, well, when it was the last time anyone's like gone out and bought a packaged miniature anymore. Like I know you don't have a 3D printer, bribe, but no, I like, do. Oh, you do? You just don't? Do you run it? Or? I, I have a filament printer, which I've determined is just not up to my. For printing, minis, it's not yeah. for minute. It's for terrain. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I've actually so, been thinking about a resin printer, but that's a whole. You know, I don't know. I got to be. Well, right now the price point on resin printers is insane. Like it is. Talk, talk to me about that off off chat, and we can we can do something. Yeah, because okay. like. I literally was creeping some printer sites and there was a, I mean, they had eight different resin printers published across many different manufacturers that were under 200 bucks. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I know there's a science and a method even behind, you know, how to do resin, but from what I understand, resin printers, um, they're, they're so affordable now that if you want a resin printer with a big plate versus one with a small plate, right? You could buy a smaller resin printer to do your tiny like scale miniatures that you use, you know, just the standard minis, yep. right? And then you could buy a different resin printer to do your large different job. Yeah. yeah, for like the bigger miniatures. Yeah. And you'll get really good quality because you're scaling your resin printers according to what you want. And it's yeah. still at the end of the day, whether you buy a, an anniversary ender or a credulity or whatever your is out there for filament PLA or ABS, even two resin printers are still going to be cheaper than the best filament printer you can buy to do the same thing. Still going to be cheaper. It's just, you got to mess with chemicals and I'm always very kind of, I'm That's why I don't want to get rid of because all the ventilation and all that stuff. So yeah, paradox, real, so real quick paradox. I don't clean up my minis with Photoshop because that doesn't to me, that doesn't, which is why at a later date, I want to talk about photographic minis, but yeah. cleaning it up with Photoshop to me does not portray the actual work that I've done. So I, I don't go there. I could because it's what I do day to day, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that's because... definitely going to be a great future topic Yeah, because I always take pictures of my actual game boards that we use in our games because I like to tell a little story behind them and show folks that the kind of retail industry of miniatures and miniature terrains that exist out there in the retail space um, used to be affordable. And that's when I bought them all. Now, when you look at the chain supply problem that happened over the last two years, and now we have another looming chain supply problem with UPS potentially going on strike. Um, you know, what? yeah. UPS is like probably going to go on strike, you know, 300,000 employees walking off the line. 
Um, so, you know, for me, the heyday of miniatures, for me personally, the heyday of miniatures was like back in 2018. Like, I don't know what it was about that particular year, but I was really having fun with the booster box sets that they would send out. They were really kind of really decent. And if you're a good painter, you could always primer them and repaint them again anyways, if you wanted to. Um, but a lot of the first generation, uh, you know, 4D wizard stuff that was coming out was, you know, really, really, really kind of nice. And I was enjoying that. And I was doing my dragon collection. I, but now that I have a 3D printer and I have access to Etsy and I have access to the supply chain, I'm kind of not walking into retail stores anymore to buy miniatures. I'm not making that trip anymore. Not only because I think COVID kind of drove some of that interaction out of me, which I'm going to keep continue to try to get rid of. I want to get um, back into, you know, with people again. Um, but like within 30 miles of me, there's two game stores. It's like, you know, if you go to the same two game stores all the time, is there really enough interesting miniatures to really draw you back every time? And there really isn't. No. There really isn't. And, I, and I'm wondering if we're beginning to now live that transition of eventually everyone's going to have just the very simple ability to print whatever mini they want at home. Well, you know? let's look at it this way. Okay. Take all of the 3D and all the Etsy and all that, all that stuff, put it aside. All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I like to try to shop from my local um, store also. And my local store, in particular, had um, WizKids, and they also had a full line of Reaper minis. Mm. Uh, a few months ago, they got rid of the Reaper minis entirely. So all they have now is WizKids. And I have what? kind of... I kind of have a love-hate with, with WizKids, okay? To yeah. just throw something on the table... First of all, the unpainted ones look great until you paint them, and then they look like shit. I hate them. Mm. Painted ones look like shit, but they're great for, you know, filler on the table, bad guys yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But they're not really cheap enough, in my opinion, to treat them like that, you know, where it's like, oh, I'll just buy a bunch of these just to, you know, to have extra shit, uh, you know, in a Tupperware box that I can grab. Yeah. Andy, of your library of miniatures that you have, how many of them are your actual own prints? Um quite a bit or do you still dabble yeah. in the retail community so occasionally i do um if i need if i need something or you know like the pre-painted adult dragon chromatic dragons specifically right right i bought all of those just because i thought they were cool um okay i gotta interrupt because paradox <laughs> brought it up you better turn on the fucking rant cam i'm thing. going there i'm going there <laughs> because, okay Warhammer minis, Games Workshop minis. <laughs> Everybody knows how I feel about these. They are the best miniatures out there in terms of the sculpts and the quality, and they are just fucking fantastic. Warhammer 40K in, in particular. <laughs> My whole family was killed by Warhammer, goddammit! <laughs> <laughs> um, they are the best minis out there, but they just fucking ass rape you on that stuff. Yeah, ass they rape you. They are great the to paint. They're amazing, but I I have 
I actually have a plethora of old 40K stuff that I collected from years, 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 years ago. I have not bought a Warhammer 40K uh, or a Games Workshop miniature mm -hmm. in in over 10 years because, because of the prices. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous, and I won't go there. So pursuant to that, what I was saying before, let, let's look at what we have if we take 3D out of the picture, okay, in terms of retail minis. We've got WizKids. We've got Games Workshop. And we've got um, Reaper. That's generally yeah. it for full lines of minis. Um, the yeah. only exception would be the other part of the show that we'll talk about is like Hero Forge and some of the okay, um, right? But on that's online, but that's still part of the three D yeah. printing thing because that yep. too, you so know, yeah, you're paying thirty bucks for a mini. Yeah. yeah. Now, granted, it's custom, so I've I've bought them before and I've been happy with them, but. Yep. Let's leave them out also because again, that's you know price. So Games Workshop is is priced out right there. This is this is just my opinion. Whiz Kids, they suck. For anybody who is a mini painter, let me preface that, okay? Because it's not fair to me. It's not fair of me to just say across the board they suck. For anybody who likes really well painted stuff or paints their own, they suck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For people who do not paint or can't or really just don't have the time or don't want to or whatever, they're great, right? Admittedly, they are great. Um, I for those of us that like to paint, that leaves Reaper, in my opinion. I do and like the, like we talked about last show, the their bigger monsters from WizKids to paint yes. are, are yes. better than PC minis. Uh, yeah, even I'll give still, you that. Even still, they they go down an assembly line and get dunked in a you know ten pounds of primer. Yeah, and yeah. you can't see all the details very well, anyways. So, you know, if they <laughs> if they were able to you know put a less heavy coat of primer on it, they'd be a lot better. Well, you know, to be perfectly honest, they should not be priming them. No. Selling them as pre-primed again that appeals to somebody who doesn't really in my who doesn't really know about painting. Yep. And anybody who's a skilled painter is going to prime them the way they want anyway. You you either use black or white depending on what you know what your your tones are. Yep. So selling them pre-primed, yeah, because you're selling oh. them to people who either aren't going to paint. And then why why call it pre prime? There's no there's no purpose to prime it. So back to that original question, Andy. How many minis do you think you have on the shelf right now that are your prints, like what you printed? So I have two display cases here in my apartment. One section that's I don't know. It's about this big. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe three feet tall or so. Okay. That is just full on the inside and then on top because I have it set up that on top of it, those are all 3D printed non WizKids models. Right, right. And then the the bottom one, bottom shelf on that is all the WizKids and Reaper minis that I've painted before I got my 3D printer. Gotcha. So. Well, one of the things I really enjoy about the whole 3D printing of miniatures in general is I find once I have a printer, like I've got a great printer for terrain. It works great. I'm building a castle and my intention was to build a permanent city and village kind of uh, a board so that whenever the fantasy games come into a city and I need a battle cam set up, it works fine. You know, it does what it, I need it to do. Yep. I've got friends that love to paint so I can hand it off to them. They don't have to pay for the mini. 
They get to go paint and have a good time, which I want to follow this up later with a question about paints and, you know, what are, you know, what are some uh, ideas there. But now that I'm playing more games, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm looking at the walking dead game um, that's coming out soon. Um, I'm starting to read up on the aliens role-playing game. I'm reading up a lot of the retro star Trek game. Um, uh, the, uh, star Wars just put out a new publication to their new RPG game as well. I feel like with printing, you can now print miniatures that are relevant to the games that you're playing as opposed to being kind of like held captive to the online stores or your local store that are only carrying D and D minis, you know? So it's not like you got a lot of options. Now, quite a few stores that can afford to carry it are carrying obviously GW star Wars and a few other cadres of pre-boxed minis. But in reality, Kickstarter seems to be the main store that we're all kind of going to these days. You know, Um, I think Catalyst Gaming did a good job of printing and creating a whole line of minis at reasonable pricing, um, which, once again, I wish they'd stop with the fancy packaging and just send me the fucking shit in a plastic bag. Because I know that's expensive. I know that packaging's expensive. Oh, a lot of times in when you get to a certain uh, a certain production number, the packaging costs way more than the product. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pretty. It, you know, it's got cool artwork on it. And I'm sure it's, you know, like eye candy for those that are shopping. But for the most part, most people just want the mini. You know, it's just it's like the packaging just seems like a waste. But there's I, two I, other there's two other sources though that I just thought of. One mm-hmm. is Skinny Minis by Dungeon in a Box. Yes, that's true. Um, that's one I, I got uh, I backed one of their Kickstarters a few months ago, and I got those a few months ago. And um, again, for uh, you know, for for mobs or for um, really large monsters, uh, they're beautiful. Right. Printing is fucking phenomenal. They're awesome. I've I've realized already. I mean, I ordered like three hundred dollars worth of worth of that shit, and I've got three binders full. <laughs> I've realized already the only downside is finding the stuff in the pages of the binders. Mm. You know, but I mean, that's kind of just your organizational stuff. I never, then, it, I never got into skinny minis because I never felt attached to them. Like they never felt important to me. Um, well, again, just from a just from a cost standpoint. Yeah. Especially, like I said, especially for mobs and shit, you know, you don't want to paint 50 skeletons, you know, uh, and and you just need them quick. Oh, man, just buy a box of Zombicide, baby. I was just going to say, the <laughs> other one, in, and I I actually think it's the best source for minis these days, board is, is board games, yeah. specifically Simon games. Um, Zombicide is the first one that pops to mind, but you pick up a board game for a hundred bucks, you get an awesome fucking board game and you get like a hundred freaking minis, you know, or 80 yeah. minis or whatever. That's like, you know, you playing, if you're doing call of Cthulhu stuff, you just buy the Cthulhu death may die board game and got, you got all your, you got all your eldritch monsters right there. I've got about 150 miniatures from the Cthulhu mythos. I've got, <laughs> yeah. And I use them in D and D too, the, the cultists oh, yeah. and all that shit. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, to be honest, I, that's, like I said, it's worth that's worth spending the money to me to get that whole box full of crap, and then you get a free game. Yeah, <laughs> board game opportunities. So, Andy, mm-hmm. how do you pick your paints? What's the? It. Let's say you're new. Like I, I have to do this every time 
um, uh, that I recall that not everyone has played D and D for forty years. So I have to put on like my new player hat to get myself to understand. Um, if you're getting into painting for the first time, how do you pick a paint? Like, how do you know which paints to go with? Can you go to Michael's or do you buy the worksheet? Like, how do you do that? So, yeah, you can um, realistically, you know, hobby paint, craft paint that you're going to find at Walmart, Michael's, Hobby Lobby. That's it's very heavily pigmented and it's not really made for minis. Yeah, um, it's great for terrain stuff. Um, because it's cheap and you're not yeah. using expensive crap, uh, you know, miniature paint. Right. For it. Right. Um, I know whiz kids when I started did a, had a thing with arm with the army painter. Yeah. Yeah. Says, I remember yeah. That. yeah. Where you got a free mini, you got a couple brushes and then you got like 10 or 15 paints for right. like 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, granted the bottles are, you know, tiny and they're not made to, last you for your entire entire time doing it it's just enough to get you into it and see what you like mm. um those are great i think they've now may have gone separate ways from army painter and are with vallejo um, yes yeah i saw is, that in my mind vallejo makes the best paints um they're not overly expensive like games workshop and citadel's paint line is um I don't, I've never used Citadel. I've only ever used Army Painter and Vallejo. When I first started, I liked Army Painter stuff. Um, and then I bought some Vallejo paints and I really liked those. And that's just what I've stuck with. I would actually, as <laughs> actually, someone, Paradox, I, 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 I do. Go ahead, Andy. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was going to say, I do spend money on Games Workshop paints. I do like their paints. I use both. Um, Vallejo, um, Monoco. Yeah, I use both Vallejo and Games Workshop. Um, Games Workshop, you know, some of their premixed colors are just phenomenal. Um, and they're pretty forgiving, I think. They're very forgiving. They're, you know, their contrast paints are great. Their glazes are great. Their paint, yeah, they're expensive still. Are they overpriced? Yes. Um, yeah, like they're, you know, they're, they're specialty paints like blood for the blood God is this is, I mean, it, it's this glossy sticky red paint that looks like blood. So, um, so, but really, I quick, do, Andy, I do use both, but army, but Vallejo and their, their art and their model colors, um, model color and game color. I use yeah. the game color just cause it's a little bit brighter. And yeah, it's kind of designed more for that fantasy yeah, but their range of color, their range of colors is extensive. And do you have any like um, shortcuts or cheats or kind of like things that you've developed on your own to kind of make it your own? You know what I mean? Like it, it's like if somebody were to look at one of your models, would they say, "Oh yeah, Andy painted that"? Is there something about your paints that would stand out that way? Do you think? Um, I think so. I know. Last time we chatted, Brian said that my, a lot of my stuff looked like uh, McFarlane yes. styled. Yeah. Um, so I think I just naturally kind of go for the darker tones and darker colors. Um, but I, I don't know. When I see stuff, I can recognize that it's mine just because I've seen it. Right, right. Um, and I think due to just the fact that I... I like those darker, 
movies, right? Like, you know, darker horror movies, darker action movies. I tend to paint in darker colors. Um, I dress in all black at work. Granted, I also work in this work with barbecue, so I tend to get dirty. So it hides the colors a lot easier. The dirt spots barbecue sauce for the barbecue god. Exactly. You're like you hold your black t-shirt up to the light, and it's like all yeah. It looks like bullet wounds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but I, I I do you know I try to find where those the higher spots would be on a specific model where the light is hitting it you know, to make that specific section brighter. Mm. So just as like a contrast between, you know, those super dark shadows versus the, the really high highlights. Um, how do you, first of all, do you use, I forgot if we talked about this before. You don't use an airbrush, do you? I do. You do. Okay. I yeah. Do. Yeah. Uh, I, I how do much, both. how much airbrush do you use compared to brushes? So it depends on the model. Um, if it's, you know, this toddler right here in the background, um, mm -hmm, yeah. that was done, 80% was done with the airbrush. And I'm still at the point where I'm going back in and doing all of the highlights by hand, just because I can't do those tiny little spots with a, uh, an airbrush mm -hmm. because I haven't done it. Yeah. So I did buy recent recently back in like march i bought one of the um harder and steenbeck's infinity you know so super, I. super super high-end airbrush so did um, i and I've, I've used it once <laughs> because I, i've used it twice and i apparently i don't thin my paints enough um, I, okay I that was my follow-up question up. was thinning paints for airbrush because i am i will admit i am still very very much a novice when it comes to airbrushing and mostly yeah. it has to do with paint consistency so with my iwata which is like my workhorse airbrush i know how thin i can go and how thick i can go and it's going to be perfect every time um the consistency is kind of like creamer you know milk consistency Mm -hmm. Um, so that way it doesn't spider web when you spray it on something close by, mm -hmm. but it's also not thick like ketchup and clogging up the airbrush every time I'm spraying with it. Okay. So, um, but yeah, with the harder and Steenbeck one, it's just like, I have, I, I thin it down too much and then it just sprays everywhere and I get yep. the, the runs everywhere on it Yeah. or it's not thin enough and it just doesn't come out. So yeah. I've, and I've, I've, uh, um, I've run into the same thing. I've tried using it for OSL object source lighting. Yep. Um, which in my opinion is like one of the most awesome painting talents for miniatures to have is to be able to do OSL. Um, and I've been, that's, so that's another thing, uh, are the fluorescent paints from, uh, this is FX Supercolor. Um, but I've also got, uh, I've also got the Vallejo and game model and all that shit. Yep. So, um, so yeah, do, what do you, do you do a lot of, um, how do you know? I do <laughs> <laughs> like the consistency of milk, a fine milk. Oh, okay. <laughs> milk is actually food, Brian. Okay. How about um, it's yeah. So that's, that's something that I've, uh, that I've, one of the things I've been working on is, is OSL work with uh, 
with a brush and because I just, I haven't been able to get there with an airbrush yet, but even with a yep. brush, it's, it's tough. Well, and even like the pre-mixed airbrush paints, I'll still add a couple drops of thinner to it just to make sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's not thin enough. Yeah. Or, or it sits on a shelf. Yeah. And it can, you can never quite shake it back to its normal that's consistency. Why a, that's why I bought a vortex mixer. So oh, really? I don't so, ever have to shake the bottle. Anymore. So did I. I on there, and it just it does it for me. Yeah, you just press, and it's yeah. done. Yeah. So you guys have all these tools and methods, and you hardly paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like you know, I, you know, for me, for me, it's partly it's a laziness. Summer. No. <laughs> you're right it's mostly like this i was wrong sorry mostly like no it's a summer winter thing kind of you know there's just a lot to do in the see chicago in the summer is different than chicago and california jason because we only have three weeks of summer. i didn't know we had a chicago in california yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry Can winter we... winter in chicago is different than winter in la i didn't know we um, had winter in la that's interesting exactly Exactly. You guys did for like a month earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a month. It's usually that's how long our winter is here. That's my yeah. point. So anyway, um, but I I love that. I love the colors. Um, not and not only the colors, but the specialty lines of paint within their main lines that like Vallejo is coming out with and whatnot, which are the like fluorescent paints, uh, these contrast paints that uh, I think Paradox. Uh, mentioned, um, you know, which is, uh, it's like a, a wash, and, uh, you know, and a paint all in one. Um, I, I'm, I love a lot of the, those really specialty um, paints. Uh, do you use a lot of those or do you just kind of mix all your stuff kind of custom? Um, so I haven't used any of the contrast paints before. And all of my friends are like, how do you not have contrast paints? It's just never been a thing that I've part purchased um mostly because i just don't know how to use them so mm -hmm. but i do have all of the vallejo ink sets that they made yeah and those I, are... I love those because they're super thin they're basically a contrast paint um right yeah but i i really like using them for shadowing because they're heavy heavier pigmented but they're more they're transparent so using them in shadows or as a glaze to kind of help smooth out lines and everything it works really really well for that um so but yeah for the most part i just have their game color stuff and i find the colors that i like and you know use and that's kind of just what I've been i haven't doing. i haven't been to a gen con for a while it's been a while um i think the the last con i went to was WonderCon, and i mostly kind of got into buying people's artwork because I have all this wall space and I've got art everywhere. Yeah. Um, one of the, do cons still do painting contests? Are those still a thing? They, they did last year at Gen Con. Okay. I, was, I was going to enter it, but I couldn't figure out how to get the model I wanted there mm. without it shattering into a billion pieces. Right. Right. Airline. Cause so. I, cause I feel like if they're, if anything that did wonders for the, idea of a you know a miniature line was the golden demon tournament yep. you know for warhammer i think they still think, do it yeah well i know i mean I, I know that the rogue trader tournaments were always kind of like the renowned you know all these golden golden demon winners would go take their armies to rogue traders and they'd have these amazing tournaments with these 
amazing painted, you know, armies. And like someone who didn't know how to play a game would look at these beautiful pieces of art and go, oh, this is interesting. And I feel like that's one of the things that like, you know, hasn't really been very well promoted in the Watsi, it's Watsi generation of controlling, you know, access to those types of fantasy minis to a certain degree. But yet they'll tout the artwork of an MTG card. And I'm like, I, I could appreciate that. Like the, the Lord of Rings artwork on MTG cards is very retro, very cool. Yeah. The way they did the, um, you know, the, the recent release. But it feels like they should do something like that to encourage people to try the Vallejo paints or inks. or Like I, I, I don't really equate painting tournaments with anything other than Warhammer, to be honest with you. I've never really been to enough cons to, to be relevant, you know, whether or not those painting tournaments happen. It yeah. feels like that would be pretty cool. So I know with Gen Con they have, and I I got to look into it for this year because I was act, I was going to paint a model and enter it just to see how I could do. Um, but I know that they they don't you you don't have to paint it there. You can spend the time paint something and then bring it to. Gen Con. Oh, that's not a tournament. That's I kind of like the idea of everyone having an equal field of play. Yeah. You know, and then they all you you like you have to use Vallejo paints, you have to use like certain brushes, you have to kind of like to promote the idea of the product. That seems like one of the kind of like you know, landscapes that you'd want to do that in. I mean yeah, I know that they have <clears throat> events where you can do painting stuff there. So like I signed up for a non-metallic just tabletop standard paint job um event. So hopefully I can learn how to do non-metallic. That's speed painting. <laughs> yeah, speed people that can speed paint stuff that just I I watch the you I watch that I can't do. I yeah, just, I watch the YouTube channels. There's a couple guys on. There's a couple. Well, there's I should actually use correct term. There's a couple people like I've seen female painters and male painters. By seeing quite a few YouTube influencers that speed paint, yeah, I watched this one gal speed paint an army in like two hours, yeah, and I'm like, how the like I could do it better than anyone else. Primer it black, and then some silver paint. There's my there's my iron, whatever my iron fists. That's an awesome fucking idea. So yeah, like a Bob Ross robot speed painting mini. Yeah. That'd be awesome. a happy little bloody head right here. And and whenever you give skulls to the blood god, the skulls should be happy that you're going. Some happy little blood drops. I know that there is a there's a new technique called slap chop that has come out and that's yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's the weirdest name, and it's you know, back like, in my day, we called that car boosting <laughs> slap chop. <laughs> so not slap chop, chop shop, dummy. Slap chop. Uh, That's uh, that vegetable thing. <laughs> That's so basically, <laughs> you do a full Zenithal prime. So you prime the model black, and then over top you spray it gray. And then you do a dry brush of white over all of that because the white will make all of your highlights yeah, right. brighter, which, okay, yeah, it makes sense. And then you paint it in contrast paints or speed paints, and then you dry brush it with a brighter color for all of those sections. And, and then you you're get done. A really Yeah, and that's it. And, like, it's really cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, it it's is. like whack fuck. Hey there, how about we play a game of whack fuck with your paint stand, you fucko? So Slap Chop, the actual name of it? Yeah. Okay, I got to do some YouTube searching on that. Because I mean, for a, for a, you know, they call it now, so it's parade ready and, and table ready. You know, yep. parade ready is what you're going to put on Instagram. Table ready is I got a fucking game, you know, Warhammer tournament and I need, you know, 50 Marines. That's, yep. you know. Um, yeah, I've heard of that. I didn't hear. I've I've never heard the term slap chop. Um, That's awesome. Or, yeah, yeah. I and love I, it. I was I do that for when I have to do a bunch of minis for my tabletop. Um, but I don't do the. I typically will prime them in gray and then just paint it in inks and call it good. I don't do. Yeah. See my my heyday of painting when I forced myself to do it when I put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> and said, I'm going to paint. You shouldn't do um, that. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, well, I definitely shouldn't paint. That's true. Um, <laughs> no, that's you know, what I was talking about. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I would have cases of black primer paint. The This was back when Ralph Partha was in the game. Oh, so man. I would, you know, I would line up all my Ralph Partha miniatures and I would spray paint them all with black primer, you know, really, really get them all good and covered. And then I would go to like um, the paint store where you could actually still buy spray paint without, you know, two forms of ID, your passport, your proof that you're not going to deface the neighborhood, all that shit. And your firstborn. And and I would just get like four colors and I would be like, okay, these guys are all going to be tan. (laughs) And I would just air like I'd hold them up on a board and just let the paint kind of like mist on them and i say okay well i give these guys a little color and i could do 100 minis in a day and they all look like they you know kind of went through the liquid rainbow i didn't care at the time <laughs> you know it was it was just so that i didn't have a blank mini on the table i hate that i, I never know. liked that look of a blank mini i just i know it, it I, made I, me feel lazy and i hated that yeah i hated I, feeling I, lazy we have blank ones on the table all the time, and then it bugs me. But you know what the hell are you gonna do about it? Hey, I'm a professional pay-to-play DM. I've got to at least put a mini on there yeah. that looks like it's been painted by some small adolescent in a foreign country. <laughs> I'm gonna have to try your method, uh, Andy, because I've I've done one set. Um, oh, another good source is uh, uh, Game of Thrones minis. Because you can buy a pack of of basically all the same. Like I bought a pack of Lannister soldiers, which are all basically the same guy in different poses, which again is great for like Town's Guard. So I painted them all, you know, gray, painted the chainmail silver, gave them all a red cloak. And then I did use Games Workshop's contrast paints. Um, But you know what was interesting is I also used, um, I think it was their white primer. And their white primer is really gritty which for a larger model sometimes is good but you know andy you know after you spray it it's like you get like, like a sand texture almost yeah 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 well Still. with contrast paints that's a no-no because then the contrast <laughs> picks up that entire fucking texture and it literally looks like they were like sand sculptures so what that is is you were f- too far when you primed it and it dried just enough to cause oh, really? that texture. Yep. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm the, wondering about not that. Not the paint. It's my shitty technique. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I will. I'll 
try using it again. So, so the industry as itself seems to be shrinking. I think I don't think we get nearly as many choices as we would like to get. You know, we don't have. I would, ag- I would agree with that. Again, yeah. back to my point. You know, all the ancillary, the board games, everything. Take all that away. We've got WizKids and and um, Reaper. Reaper, and yeah. that's. I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, and I think with three D printing, I think more and more people are going to start shifting to printing what they want at home. So it's more about the STL files and how you're doing your slices. And there's a whole other community around that other portion of the miniature community about the at-home printing that everyone's doing. So let Um, me ask you a question on that uh, hmm. topic, Andy. Um, So one thing that I've noticed, and again, I haven't delved too deeply into it, um, but one thing that I've noticed is, so now we've got, to Jason's point, we've got this whole uh, side retail landscape of uh 3d um minis whether they be printed or whether they be stl files but it seems like you know i see a lot of the same stl files sold by 37 different people yeah so i know a lot of the the companies um they all talk to each other because it is still small Mm-hmm. And they try to make it so, you know, each month is something different and that they're not, you know, doing the same thing every, you know, back to back to back months, mm-hmm. especially if you're subscribing to those people. Cause you know, like, why do you need three months worth of demons and devils yeah. mm-hmm. when, you know, like loot studios, they switched up their scheduling. And so the first six months of this year was all dragon related stuff. And I was super excited about that. Cause who doesn't like dragons, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, after the second month, you're like, okay, I don't need any more fucking dragons. Well, so that was the thing was each month was something different and they had different pose or, you know, different dragons or different okay. kind of creatures. It wasn't just, you know, okay, cool. Here's a whole month of, <laughs> oh. I mean, that's also true. And it was great when I, when I was DMing, <laughs> When I was DMing Descent into Avernus, it was great because I had all kinds of demons and devils and stuff that I could use to print and throw at my party. And then I'm not running that anymore, and I'm not going to be using any demons and devils in my next campaign. So now I have all these models, and I'm like, well, cool. Now they're just going to sit here. I don't need (laughs) to print them, and they're taking up space on my hard drive. So... But Which, so that's yeah. that's what Loot Studios is doing now is they're doing a whole six month thing of demons and devils and stuff. And I'm like, I'll well, have to check that out because I agree with Paradox. Demons and devils are fucking awesome. So <laughs> that brings up kind of a final point, right? Where the industry is and how we're limited in our choice. The transition to the printer, <clears throat> regardless of the minis and what you print at home. The paint advice I think is amazing because even though I kind of don't enjoy painting i like it when people help other people get into it because there are certain things that i think people could find cathartic and i think painting minis could easily be cathartic because you could sit there paint watch a movie or listen to a movie or listen to a podcast while you're doing it well what i find what's interesting is how the online digital development is now creating the ability for people to go into like hero forge build a digital mini that you can then use in a VTT. So if you're a remote gamer, 
you still have that kind of touch. You're like that special touch that you can kind of do with a digital mini that you're using for your remote, you know, your remote game. Um, I probably have close to 500 Hero Forge minis that are on my Tailspire system that I use for um, my remote games. And I switch it up between that and my battle cam, you know, so I, I had a real special surprise one day. My uh, Friday game, I have two Friday games, and one of my Friday games, Stormwatch, um, yeah, bring your own mini VTT. Um, uh, one, of the, one of the players bought figures for everybody, um, and they had them all done on the high-end spectrum of the Hero Forge painting. So they sit up there on my shelf, and it's it's affected me. I tend to use more battle cams with them, you know, because they went through through that whole. You know, the player w- wanted to see what their mini looked like on a table, because we can't physically get together because it's a remote game. Yeah. I, I've done that before for one of my groups. I, I bought everybody a Hero Forge mini and painted it for their specific character. I do that whenever I start a new character. I buy like two poses of the same. Um, the same model that I do and, and, uh, right. Right. So yeah, I, I get that. I mean, it makes sense. No. And, and I, when, when I have my players, if I have, if if there's a loot studios model that fits their character, I'll print the small 32 millimeter one and then I'll print the 75 millimeter to paint that. So that way they can have it as a, you know, this is my character. It's, you know, you can see the details better. It looks bigger. It's cooler, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to having the little one on the table that you can't see all of the great detail in the mm. mini one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because just lately I thought, um, well, the first thing I thought was I got to start painting again just to kind of, you know, chill and, and like you said, cathartic and just, you know, unplug from everything else. But you know, I was thinking the other day, like, I, I finished these these minis, and we play with them, and they get chipped, and they get, you know, pieces break off and shit like that. And you spend all this time playing them, or painting them, and then some of them, you're like, eh, I don't even actually want to use this, which belies the whole purpose of doing it in the first place. Um, but I've been seeing a lot of people lately on Instagram doing the larger busts of, yeah. of, of minis. And yeah. you, I mean, there is some fucking amazing work uh, um, that goes into those. Oh, yeah. And that That's cool. Jason, to your point, even just having that at the table yeah. like as a player in front of you, yeah. even if you've got an unpainted version or a WizKids Kid, Wiz version or whatever for the map, yeah. just having that in front of you is pretty fucking cool. It's very tactile. To, to Paradox's comment there, yes, when you don't ever finish your player character mini because then they die. <laughs> right to the superstition I've of it never, all. I've never heard of that. That's funny. <laughs> I I had that with my first character, my first PC. Um, I f- did a elf ranger from, I think it was Reaper, and I s- took a fishing line and attached it onto the bow, and oh, wow. that's and awesome. Painted that to make it look like a bowstring and everything, and it died. And he died that session. <laughs> I, I finished. You know, it. there's. 
There's a solution to that. Hey, it's my cousin who happens to be an yeah. elf ranger also, and he just came in from the north. Yeah. It's my, is, it's my twin cousin. Yeah, if Gary is still on, hang, yeah, or Matt, uh, in about in about 30 seconds, there's going to be a uh, comment uh, on that. Right. <laughs> uh, that see sticks man is my dad. Oh, <laughs> Hey. I told him. Yeah, I told him that I was on. He had to watch. So. Oh well, thank you for joining us, Andy's dad. That's awesome. <laughs> poopy pants Maggie. Poopy I pants love that. McGee. Oh, poopy pants McGee. That's my DM. He's the. Oh, one nice. Yeah. There you go. That's Dan. Okay, well, poopy pants McGee, you win for the best screen name ever. We'll <laughs> <laughs> send you some stickers. Also, DM me on Instagram and give me your info, and I'll send you some stickers. No joke. <laughs> That's but, hilarious. Um, um, so speaking of having, you know, the board game or, you know, virtual tabletop minis, there is a company called The Last Board Game, or I think it's The Last Board Game. They make a virtual tabletop that you can put onto your table, and then they have little discs that you can print. Oh, yeah. And then it puts it onto, you put it onto the bottom of the mini, yeah. and it will show line of sight and everything. Um, I've seen that. That's pretty fucking cool. It's really, it's a really cool idea. They have a lot of bugs with it, but yeah. Well, technically, I think they're still alpha, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's so, really cool. So but, that was the last thing I wanted to ask you. What is your take? You guys, I think you guys know where I'm. Where, what my take is on on v, VTT versus um, physical, you know, table maps. Um, how do you guys feel about that? I would rather play in person. Um, just for me, there's too many distractions. If I'm sitting at my computer mm-hmm. with you know, multiple screens, I can have a window open somewhere else and yeah. not actively be paying attention. I live and die by it. By remote. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a problem with remote because it's obviously it, you know, um, it's the limitation that you have. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, lying, I mean it's opened up the, a, yeah, if it's you're live in your whole... studio or game, yeah, your game table, like my Monday and Tuesday games, I would love to be able to take the time to like have somebody print out like a really kind of faux, you know, immersive map. You know, that would be mm-hmm. kind of fun to pull that off. Um, when I go to my uh, Ren Fair events or my SCA events, there's a couple vendors that do hand painted maps on leather pieces, and I buy those oh, wow. for props. You yeah. know, I'll buy those for props. Um, but yeah, I only run two games live. The other nine games are all remote. Um, so I would prefer a much more tactile map approach and stuff like that. But, um, I'm still a fan of theater of the mind. So I treat maps as a prop, not necessarily as something that's integral to every time we meet at the table. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, you know, uh, 50 in 50 out, depending on if it's needed or not. I guess my I guess it's not so much my question is not so much in person versus remote because remote has become a huge part of play. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, that yeah, that too. Um more so like, you know, there I mean there's there's kind of two camps for remote. One is having a camera set up on your table, you know, like I do, like you do Jason a lot of your stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're moving minis around and stuff like that. And the other is to go full digital VTT, mm-hmm. uh, which in Gary's game we're using Roll Twenty, so everything is um, is, is done that way. Um, so I I still like the I I have enough dice that I will 
avoid rolling digital dice as much as possible. They force me to use digital dice in that campaign. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hate. <laughs> I am fortunate enough that I've established an honor system and people are free to use whatever dice method they want to. Um, a lot of times it's uh, um, a lot of times it's uh, uh, what their preference is because maybe they're math challenged or, you know, newer players that are still learning the ropes and they like to use beyond because it just makes it easier for them to understand what they're doing. And then eventually they fall out of love with digital dice and they love the sound and feel of the real bones being kind of rolled. Yep. But, you know, to give you an example in the corner here, I have that ready to go for a, a session that's coming up next week. So it's a tavern and it's, you know, I love being able to, you know, pop up that battle cam so that they can just feel like they're at the table, touch the minis and, yeah. you know, feel like that immersion is pulling you back into the game. Yeah. You know, I just so. feel like I, I'm not opposed to the new technology. I'm opposed to the new technology that, that, whose purpose is to replace old technology. I think, I think using both is, is awesome. You know, I mean, a lot of the digital stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, the dice tower is one yard. It is. It, it was big enough that it ended up burning out my motherboard on my printer during. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that in a combat when it takes five minutes to roll a single die and people are waiting. Oh, it, it, it rolls pretty quickly through it, but it's, you know, on the, on the table, I, I can't go get it cause it's in the other room, but it's, it's tall enough that like it was, it's four sections tall. So when it's all stacked together, it's probably a little over two feet tall. <laughs> so, awesome. and it's, <laughs> it's really cool. But yeah, it's it's also the, the, the player's turn is over by the time they roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I still, I still, I I just feel that minis have always been a part of the game. They're they're you know they are a big part. They're representative of what the game is about. Um, hey, the original minis were bottle caps with sorry ponds I know. inside of them. You know, and then you tape little face stickers we used you remember those scratch and sniff stickers yeah we used to take those and draw little face shots on them and stick them on the sorry <laughs> uh the sorry ponds and you know all the orcs were limes yeah. and you know and it was yeah you know, it was fun you you didn't have a budget you didn't have money so minis have always played some kind of role whether it's something you just kind of you know uh back kit bashed to make it work or whatever so, so poopy pants I, I can't even i can't even so so poopy pants mcgee interesting point um uh, i am eagerly waiting for a kickstarter of uh pixel dice which is just that it is a set of lighted bluetooth dice that um uh that have an app so you can completely tr control the color. You can assign sounds to specific roles. Um, they're and then your roll outcome shows up on the app. And your so roll physically outcome, roll the dice. Yeah. Yes. 
will transfer over to like Roll Twenty or or D and D Beyond or whatnot. Right. Um, I think I backed that in twenty one, and I'm still waiting for them. Supposedly Q four of this year, I should get those. I ordered three hundred dollars. It seems like everything I back on Kickstarter is about three hundred dollars. <laughs> well, that's a monumental savings for you, Bry. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, think I, yeah. so I think I ordered. I ordered two full sets of those. Uh, my full dice set. I don't know how we got on dice, but my full dice set is not. Because you went over to maps, you know, you started it's, talking about maps. I know, I know, and then you started ranting about dice. Yeah, and then my you full dice ranting. set is, I think, eleven dice though, because I double up on everything except the tens. Because I'm know, definitely not a dice goblin, so that's never been 12. an addiction for me. I'm a dice dragon. Yeah, I buy. I, I, I bypassed the goblin stage a while ago. I know, same. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I was just looking the other day. I'm like, why the fuck did I buy a hundred dollars worth of Kraken dice when they came out? Because they're nothing special. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm definitely an enabler. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Callista, her dice collection is, you know, like those seven trays where you could sort yeah. parts. Yeah, she used them to sort her different dice. You know, <laughs> so she's got like just in her tray set. She's got like 45 sets. Oh, that's And then she idea. has one of the Laura Bailey style, you know, mimic bags with oh, all the yes. dice in there. Yeah. And then she nice has all of her there. rock yeah. dice and her metal dice, right? Yep. So she's got Same. all of her uh, level up dice and her micro level up dice. Yep. And then she's got her armory dice. And I'm just like, you're never in your life going to use all those dice. You're just never going to use them all. And she's all, well, then you better start more games. I'm when like, the apocalypse comes and your only weapon against the zombies is a slingshot, trust me, you'll use all those dice. <laughs> and, and putting all those D4s down for Caltrip? Caltrip. Exactly. Caltrip. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Well, we did it again. Another hour. Gone and gone. Who's going to sign us off today? I think we should let... Uh, I Andy think Andy off. should sign us off yeah. tonight. Um, wait, hold on. What is... Uh... Dice have a max mile under the use of <laughs> Well, and also the color of your dice have to match. Like for my warlocks, I always use greens because it's like eldritch fire. So, you know, the color has – there's a science to dice in, in this game, trust me. Yeah, fact, instead, of, there's, instead of bottle caps for Fallout, we'll use dice. That'll be our yeah. new What's uh, What's the science of dice? You know how flags is like vexology. What is the science of dice? I'm going to do, do a dice <laughs> science show. Which has absolutely oh, no actual into science. the random number generator, my friend. Ah, it's yeah. your addiction. Dysology. Dysology. There you go. Dysology. <laughs> All right, you win. Um, yeah, okay. So, um, Jason, where can we find you? Out in the worldsies? Yes. Uh, the best place to come find me is out at my Twitch channel, TTRPG Academy. Go to my About section. You'll find all my links. Um, I have recently joined Threads to try them out because I am looking for um, abandoning Twitter. So Threads by Instagram is a new Twitter computer. Uh, wrong. Threads by Facebook. It's by no, it's by, it's by Meta. Yeah. Not by yeah, Facebook. Exactly. Instagram's by Meta. So, you know. So it's you're giving up Elon for Mark. Eh, let me know, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this much. You turn um, on my rant cam again? <laughs> now nah, the button's broken. I've hit it too many times. Um, no, it's just another space. It's just another space, you know. Um, I do plan on using it as a storytelling space for the most part. Um, 
promote the show to get people to come and watch and have some fun with it. But my goal with threads is to actually create um, adventures that will be continuous and have some fun with that. Um, Instagram, I like to promote all my different tables that I run with all the different minis and my creative content. Um, I don't really go on Twitter anymore. I occasionally go on there, but it's so toxic. It's, yeah. it's even difficult to look at. I have tried Mastodon a bit and Tribal and a couple of the others. Just, you know, just be aware of what's out there and what's going on. Um, other than that, you can jump into our Discord. We have almost 400 uh, people in our Discord. Um, it's a real fun place to get some advice and learn some things. Uh, we're playing Candela Obscura. Um, we're playing, I definitely plan on playing Walking Dead when it comes out. I'm very much eager, looking forward to that, getting a Walking Dead table going. But yeah, just pop over to Twitch, find all my links over there and uh, seek me out. And if you ever want to have a conversation about a game, I'm available. Cool. Or can find you, Brad. No, we're letting Andy walk us out. So where okay. are we you, Brad? Um, you can find me, as always, on uh, Instagram is the best place, RPG and Co. Um, or check out the website, playrpgandco.com. We have all kinds of cool uh, new digital content, some from me, some from Jason, a lot from Jason, some from uh, the Bearded Nerd. Uh, and there will be a constant inflow of more. So check that out. Um just uh, before we go to Andy, I just want to say uh, next week I will be uh, on vacation. Um, so Jason and Brian Gomez, the bearded nerd, will bearded be nerd. talking about, I don't know what, what are you guys going to talk about? I have no idea, but it's going to be okay. fun. It may just well, be a bash session. It may just be given the Brian and it may be just be, you know what? It's going to be all about Brian. No rankings. <laughs> no, rankings. no, Brian's pretty chill. So without me there, there will be no throwing of, of things at the screen. I suspect, I think one of the things with two seasoned uh, DMGMs that have played a lot, I think I suspect we're going to talk a lot about players, games, and, you know, how does he run his table? How do, you know, I maybe how I, you know, run my tables and um, maybe create a kind of like environment of discussing the challenges of challenging <laughs> players and stuff. And talking about Brian while he's out. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Brian Gomez is the anti-me when it comes to the Rand cam because he's chill as fuck. He is chill um, as fuck. So uh, next week is that. The week after, we are going to talk about... Um, Mork Bork? The, well, no. I, th I think we're going to do a general topic on apocalyptic theme. Oh, yeah. Games, with Walking Dead. Games. Yep. Yeah. Week after we're gonna. Oh no! The week after that, uh, I think we get to have Malcolm Trotter, gentleman game master, on. Yep, I believe so. And then and the, then week, the after week after that, that Mork we're Borg. gonna talk about Mork Borg, uh, Mork Borg, um, and Walking Dead, and all that stuff. So we actually have a pretty decent lineup of shows pre-planned, like a real <coughs> show, like we got real production. Value. Like we got real production. <laughs> So, uh, so where can we find you, Andy? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram at dragonpainter four six eight. Um, oh, look, Discord. it's right there on the screen. Yeah, Discord. Is the same. <laughs> Discord's the same name. Um, you can add me, talk about minis, send me messages. Check out the Instagram. See Dirty the... miniature pics too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Andy, I still, <laughs> I still really want to do like a joint painting session with you. Yeah. Uh, that we stream, whether it's during this showtime or whether we do it offline and just post a VOD. Um, definitely, definitely want to do that. 
Um, yeah, we can definitely we can figure that out. Very cool. Awesome. And uh, like I said, anytime you want to pop on the show, just let us know because we love having you here. Hey, Brian. Always enjoyable. TPK. Tell a story. Play a game. I don't know the rest of it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. And be, and be kind. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us.